0: 630 Ched and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present The Show That Is Everything Oilers Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex Service for all brands of print equipment in your
1: office Yeah, Digitex does that
0: D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A On Oilers Radio 630 Ched. Two orders now bob joining you 106 Edmonton. Oilers now back to buyer title sponsor digitex we wish you and yours all the best during these challenging and uncertain times digitex.ca is alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software uh, we've got a ton of texts uh, many of you responding to Elliot's uh, suggestions uh, about how they would uh, deal with potential play downs if we did get started up again we'll get to some of those a little bit later on on our ashley fine floors text line at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. 63 ashley fine floor is providing winning results for over 35 years but at this time we're going to head off to the river Cree resort and casino hotline and be joined by one of our three guests this hour brad lauer we'll also have jonathan willis and jack michaels on and brad lauer yesterday was named the whl coach of the year brad how you doing Hi Bob, I'm doing fine. Thanks. It's great to uh, great to see that the uh, the kids could overcome the coaching and help you get coach of the year, right?
2: Eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This isn't something you get you get on your own. There's an awful lot of work and a lot of people that I, I have to thank that that uh, helped me get to accomplish this.
0: Well, uh, you know, in, in with all seriousness, I mean the the turnaround that has occurred with the Edmonton Oil Kings over the last couple of years, and you guys didn't get to see it out. Uh, and completed this year situation completely on your control but the last two years you know 42 uh 18 and eight last year you were 42 12 and 10 this year it's pretty impressive back to back 42 win seasons after the team uh, had the number one pick in the bantam draft after the 27-18 season but i think you'd be the first to say there there were some good kids here and uh, and you might have came in kind of just the way the cycle worked for you yeah,
2: you know, uh, you know, everything is timing. <laughs> and, uh, you know, obviously, um, uh, you know, I'm grateful that I was able to get the head job and here. I mean, that's something that I've been wanting to do uh, for a long time. Obviously, I've been chasing the, the assistant coaching p- uh, position for a long time. And uh, you get to the pro level, you're doing and things are good, and it's fun and it's enjoyable. But uh, there's always something missing um, for me, and that was being a head coach. So, obviously, coming into Edmonton was – was something I was really looking forward to. I wasn't really sure what I was coming into. Uh, like we talked earlier, when I first came here, we were on, there were some uncertainties as far as how how good our team was going to be and some, you know, how deep the talent pool was. But you know, after that first training camp two years ago, I was quite surprised of how skilled, how talented our, our players were. And um, you know, I just think that, you know, as we. I introduced a system um you know to the group it just uh it became uh it, it became uh, a, a team pretty quick and uh you know the results obviously i think maybe we, we thought they were a little bit quick but again there was a good talent pool when i when i got here
0: it's interesting because you've coached uh with three different very different personalities as nhl head coaches you joined yeah. Corey Clouston, who you worked with in Kootenay, who i've known for 30 years now and uh You know, you were with Corey. You guys had a real good year, the one year in Ottawa, won like 44 games. Then you were with Gabby, uh, you know, Bruce Boudreaux in Anaheim, and and they had some good seasons, And obviously, John Cooper in Tampa Bay. And maybe with all due respect to Corey, just a thought on – because I think both Cooper and Boudreau are seen as players, coaches. Is that something that you took just in terms of their deportment and how they handled their guys?
2: Yeah, you know, I, you know, there's things I've taken from everybody that I've been able to work with. I mean, obviously, um, you know, I started uh, when I retired hockey. I went to Kootenay, and then Corey was uh, Corey was the head coach in Kootenay, and uh, you know, I watched him. He won to he, he ended up winning. Uh, um, uh, head coach of the year, the one year I was there, and you know he. Then I moved on and went into to Nashville with Lane Lambert in, in Milwaukee, and. You know, watch how he did things, but then Corey brought me back to Ottawa. And yeah, you know, I just think you learn from as you go along, and you see things you like, you see things you don't like. Uh, you maybe give, you give your suggestions to the head coach uh, to see if it's something that that will work for for the team at the time, and you know, you just kind of take things. And you know, the other thing I think Bob was where I really learned a lot. Uh, you know, being an assistant coach, you 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 form relationships with players and and you also get the opportunity to see to see those players how they see the game and how they see things and 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 uh, you know you learn an awful lot just from talking and and, and i you know I've been very fortunate to, to work with a lot of good hockey players uh, the last 10 12 years you know I go all the way back to the Ottawa days and I you know was able to work with a guy like Daniel Alfredson and you know, you go into Anaheim, guys like uh, Corey Perry and Ryan Getzlaff, and then obviously you go to Tampa with Stamkos and Kucherov. So um, those are just high-end guys, but there's other guys that you learn and you form relationships, and I think there's a lot There's a lot of things I learned from, from players also.
0: All right, I'm going to put you a little bit on the spot here. You played parts of nine seasons in the NHL, Brad, yeah. 13 years in the minors. So I think you yeah. would have a handle on pro habits and pro players. And yeah. uh, there's a guy that's uh, up for the draft this year. I think he's going to go at you know late first round and that's Jake Neighbors from your team. He finished mm-hmm. with 70 points in 64 games. He's assertive. Uh um, yeah. right? And I just yeah. you look you got to work with this kid on a day-to-day basis. Does he have the instinctual habits that, you know, because some might say, well, he, he doesn't have lead, a lead off. He's got good skill, but not mm-hmm. a lead offensive skill. But you still got to have the work rate and the work ethic. So I'd like you to maybe comment on what the kids like.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I mean, with, with, with Jake, it's it's uh, I mean, it's phenomenal. And I, I, I do I do agree with you. I, I think I mean, I think someone's going to get him in, in late first round and whoever takes him is going to get is going to get a hell of a player. Um, I think he brings to the game uh, something that's uh, kind of a little bit old school. If he plays that hardness of the game he goes to those areas he's uh, he's a big kid um, good on the wall but he's also that kid can play a skilled game he complements a skilled player um, he's able to handle playing with skilled guys that can play you know give and go with the puck and and be creative offensively also I mean he's not that uh, high-end skill guy but he's he's definitely can play with those guys and you know his body of work that he does um on a day-to-day basis you know since i had him as a two years ago as a 16 year old he's made so many gains in the area of off the ice as far as you know just taking care of himself and understanding what he needs to do and i really think you know we had a meeting in uh in november this past season uh, just to kind of, you know, go through on, you know, obviously the, the draft years are, are a lot of pressure on these guys. And, you know, he always thought putting numbers up was important. But, um, you know, we talked about what type of game he needs to play and how scouts see his game. And, you know, since November, he really uh, invested in, he was off ice. Like, he's always one of the last last guys to leave our, our dressing room. He puts in that extra time. And he really, he, he is trying to take his game to, to, to the pro level and 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 i do like i said he, he has grown so much in the last two years and there's so much more room there and whoever gets him is going to get a heck of a player
0: all right what i mean do you still kind of work on you know coaching clinic stuff and uh taking in i mean what what happens right now because you know obviously you would have wished to have been playing and, and possibly yeah. closing in third or fourth round of the whl playoffs so what are you working on right now
2: uh, you know, as a, I mean, as, you know, as coaches, I think you're, you're always, uh, you're always doing stuff. And right now our, our, our staff, uh, you know, uh, Luke Pierce and Michael Chan, we, we meet on, uh, you know, a couple of times a week right now. We're going through, through video, we're going through our system stuff from last year. Uh, what we liked what we didn't like uh there's a couple things I want to do differently with our group next year um you know systematic wise you know d zone offensive zone just uh and then we just kind of go in and you you look at a lot of video right now and just do a lot of research with your team and then you have the you have the ability now with obviously with all the technology that's out there uh to watch uh certain teams if you want to pick in the n h l or or other clubs in the w h l or other teams, so you have that flexibility to kind of just kind of scout and just kind of see what other teams are doing, what's working, and just kind of study them and just see if that's something that we could bring to our group, our organization, to make us a better team for next season. So, you know, the coaching gig is is uh, it's all year round. You're always trying to find an edge. You're always trying to look for another way to to improve your club. And you know, that's what our, that's what our group is doing right now.
0: All right, uh, Brad. Again, congratulations on being named WHL Coach of the Year. We'll touch base down the road. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate it. You bet. 115 in Edmonton. When we come back on Oilers Now, Jonathan Willis from The Athletic.
1: Hi, this is Zach Kasson from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. 118 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer,
0: Brendan, S. Scott, and Cody Jansen joining you on Oilers Now. All right. Uh, as promised, Jonathan Willis put out a piece on The Athletic how does Connor mcdavid's first five nhl seasons compare to the all-time greats and we're pleased to welcome back to the show jonathan willis john how you doing i'm doing well bob good to be here yeah hey how much fun did you have with this project
1: uh, quite a bit it's you know it, it's one of those things where we we all want to compare across eras we all want to see how players are doing and and with mcdavid you have to do it that way because Outside of, you know, like Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin, there just aren't much in the way of modern peers for him.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting. I know I put a tweet out back in April, and I went to the first three. McDavid's played 351 NHL games, so I worked backwards for Crosby because I think he'd played over 370 in his first uh, five NHL seasons. And uh, Crosby had six more points through the first 351 games. But McDavid had 54 more even strength points, which is significant because, you know, the power play opportunities that were there uh, when Crosby started in 05-06 and 06-07. Uh, but you mentioned you went across eras, and I'd like to sort of, I, I know that you compared Mc, uh, McDavid as an example to Rocket, Richard, and Gordie Howe. Uh, what kind of feedback did you get on that?
1: Uh, it was it was great, actually. What What people most wanted to see was more stuff like that. So you'd have people pop up in the comments and go, I wanna see Brian Tracey or Mike Bossy or Marcel Dion or whoever. Uh it, it's it's hard though because it's it's a totally different world if you go back to a, a Gordy Howe, Maurice Richard world. The the schedule is shorter, uh players came in later in their careers. And somebody like Howe, like Howe's the ultimate NHL marathon man. He uh he really exploded in his fifth season in the league and, and then had this prolonged and, and wonderful peak. And so the first five years, McDavid's actually a fair bit of ways ahead of Hal. But um, ultimately, of course, his, his career, the career, career comparison will be determined over the, the course of time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you also compared McDavid against a group you called the Legends, which were Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux, and Bobby Orr.
1: Give me a thought yeah. on that. Uh, So, Wayne Gretzky, the the thing with era adjustments is you're never going to be able to do it perfectly. Um, I used hockey reference, uh, creates adjusted points by era, so you can theoretically compare a guy from the 80s to the the, the 2020s. But um, even with era adjustments, Gretzky is head and shoulders above the pack. I think the only guy who's even close to him is Bobby Orr, and there you get into the discussion of how much do you rate a point for a defenseman versus a point for a forward. Um, Right. I, I have Gretzky first or second, and, and those guys are way up at the top. And Crosby's, or sorry, McDavid's right in the running with Mario Lemieux. Like, it's it's close. Once you get out of the tires, it's close. It,
0: that, that's interesting to me. I mean, last night I'm sitting there watching game six of Philadelphia and Edmonton from 87. And they had a font, a uh, lower third during the game. Gretzky, two hundred career playoff points in ninety nine playoff games. <laughs> I just I started laughing, Jonathan. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah. I, I actually and look, hey, I work for the Oilers Entertainment Group. Connor's our guy. But I kind of think that when you factor in the even strength scoring, like I know Crosby's won the three cups, but to me that's more of a reflection on, you know, the Oilers don't ha- haven't had Mark henri Fleury in goal. He's a good goalie. He's not as good as Carey Price, but he's a really Jack Michaels is coming up. That's why I'm bringing that up. Uh, he's a really good goalie. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh won a, uh, won a cup uh, in in like you know since third year in the the league. The Oilers with a little bit of luck might have gone three rounds of the playoffs in Connor's second year in the league but I I'm a pro Connor guy head to head against uh against Crosby based on even strength scoring these these make for wonderful discussions in your opinion where would you assess McDavid uh, against Crosby and Ovechkin
1: I think uh, I'd have him ahead of Crosby. The first five years, the thing about Ovechkin Ovechkin broke into the league two years older than Crosby. So you look at his first five years. yeah, I, I think his first five years in the league are better than, better than Crosby better than McDavid, not at the team level, but at the personal achievement level. Right. So once you account for the fact that you know he's two years older, I, I, I take McDavid out of that group and, and maybe that's my bias too because I see McDavid every game whereas you know you watch Crosby and, and Ovechkin as much as you can but you, you don't see them as often but he's uh, he's a special talent he, he just is
0: there is a player from the 90s that constantly gets underrated and yes. you know where I'm going because I love this guy I think he was the best player in the world from 1993 to 1997 Eric Lindros is he you you've referenced him here. As the forgotten man, he's got pretty pretty interesting numbers when you adjust the scoring. Maybe explain how you do era adjusted scoring as well for our listeners.
1: Right. So everybody knows it. it's it's largely based on uh, goals per game in the individual league years. So I used Hockey Reference's numbers, and they have a bunch of different adjustments. But basically, if you have a league where the average team scores five goals a game versus a league where the average team scores three goals a game. The guy on the three goals per game year is going to get a big bump in his scoring. Um, and and they they average it out across eras. And what happens when you look at Eric Lindros, because he played at that height of the dead puck era, he had so many injuries, like he didn't last a full schedule even before concussions really started taking his career away. Right. But you you look at what he did on a per-game basis, it's neck and neck with Mario Lemieux once you've adjusted for era. I I think he's grossly underrated. I think it's a a travesty that he had to wait so long to get into the Hockey Hall of Fame because at his peak, I, I mean... Like, he's, he's ahead of Connor McDavid at, at McDavid's five-year five, five year mark in terms of uh, production per game once you adjust for era. And uh, he just – he's never – I think he's a guy who's going to get forgotten. People who saw him – like, I saw him growing up. You obviously saw, saw him in a, at his peak. Um, I, I think 10, 15 years from now, he's going to be a guy people have no idea how good he was.
0: Yeah, well, I, and, you know, the other thing is, I mean, he was just physically dominant – you talk about Gordy Howard, maybe Mark Messier being, you know, Mark Messier is one of the highest scoring players in NHL playoff and regular season history. You know, Eric Lindros was on a but he didn't win. And yeah. therein lies part of the rub. And when it comes to the National Hockey League and evaluation, it's not as big a factor in baseball. Mind you, you have way fewer teams in the playoffs. But in the case of hockey, you got to kind of win, don't you, Jonathan? Well,
1: I mean, look, look at Ovechkin, for example. I mean, uh, in terms of personal achievements, he's right neck and neck with Crosby, but he's always been second fiddle until Washington finally won the Stanley Cup. And uh, we're going to see that with McDavid. I'll, already we see that a little bit where people are like, okay, yeah, well, get back to me when he wins a title. And it, yeah, I mean, it's a 31 team, soon to be a 32 team league. It's not like it was back in the original six days. I'd, I'd argue we put too much of an emphasis on so Stanley Cup wins and not enough on just pure playoff performance. But he, he's got time. The team around him has improved this year. They've made strides. I mean, you know, if, if Edmonton, by some chance, the, the league comes back and Edmonton advances to the Stanley Cup final, that's going to put McDavid right in the running with a lot of these guys where they were five years in. Uh, it, it's something, I think it's something we'll see from him over time because the team's trending up, but uh, it's probably overrated in the big picture. Based
0: on the people that you talk to, uh, if we don't get a conclusion to the regular season, has Leon Draisaitl already won the Hart Trophy?
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah, I don't think there's any question. You look at, yeah, he's, he's the overwhelming favorite among the voters I've talked to. And, and then you just look at how guys who've had seasons like him have fared in the past. He's he's definitely going to win.
0: Jonathan, great stuff. The piece again. How do Connor McDavid's first five NHL seasons compare to the all-time greats? It's on the Athletic website. We appreciate your time, Jonathan. My pleasure. Take care, Bob. You bet. That is Jonathan Willis from The Athletic. Want to tell you, no question about it, uh, Royal Pizza, pizza Past, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. For a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Royal Pizza, where the stoffer recommendation is the Mediterranean chicken. And all season long, here on Oilers Now, we have the Oilers Now Injury Report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Jack Michaels, when we return on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.